fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Reese. And I'm and this is to, to Ellen back. back, a show about the L word where we talk about all the episodes and what happened in them and and other stuff too. Yes, uh, one brought by one. to you by Autostraddle. Brought to you by Autostraddle and no sponsors. Yeah, yet. <laughs> right. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, let us know. Yeah, um, you can call our hotline <laughs> and leave a pitch. Yeah, pitch us via the hotline. It has to be a voice voicemail pitch. We will not accept written pitches. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of the hotline, we're going to do like mailbag episodes yeah. because a problem that we're facing is that Carly and I talk for so long and, I, and we were like, it's just because we have guests. But then when it was just the two of us last time, the original recording was almost two hours long. Yeah. And so it's so hard to get it down already <laughs> that then, but we're going to try to have like one voicemail per up, um, but also like mailbag episodes where we do like a lot of voicemails and emails and like maybe have some clips that were cut from other shows that were also funny and stuff yeah. like that. So anyway, um, in conclusion, please keep sending us voicemails and emails mm -hmm. and comments um, and they will be addressed at a future yeah. date. Yeah. And some <laughs> of them have been addressed. So you just haven't heard our addressing of them yet. Yes. See yes. how even we made this take forever? Oh my God. Should we start talking about this episode of Let's the program? Let's get into it. Great. Today's episode is episode 209, mm. Late, Later, Latent. Mm. It originally aired April 17th, 2005, mm -hmm. four days before my birthday. Three days before 420. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean that this episode is a Taurus? Um, this episode is actually an Aries. Oh, okay. The cusp of Aries and Taurus is the 21st, which is mm. my birthday. So, yeah. Oh, I'm a cusp too. Oh my God. A Libra Virgo cusp. Oh my God. My, my birthday is like the first day of Libra season. Oh my God. I'm the beginning of Taurus. Oh my God. <laughs> Wow. Whoa. So in other words, we're trailblazers. Wow. We the title of this episode podcasting does, <laughs> and being gay. The, the title of this episode does not reference us because we are ahead of the curve. We are not late or later or latent. No. Um, this episode was written and directed by men. It was written by David Sten and it was directed by Tony Goldwyn, Burr Connor himself, a.k.a. Fitz from Scandal. Yes. He's great. Yeah, he is great. Yeah, he's a great actor and I think a pretty good director. Who's David Sten? Uh, David Sten... Um, was a producer on The L Word. I'm surprised that this episode was written by a man. Yeah. It didn't necessarily feel like it was... Mannish. Mannish. Mm -hmm. it, well. it felt like it was... It didn't feel male gazy in no, a way that you would expect from an episode written and directed by men. So yeah. that's cool. Good job, everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. So we open... In the present day, in Los Angeles, California. This morning. This very morning. Not this morning, the day we're recording this episode, but this right. morning, the day of the episode taking yeah. place in 2005. Yeah. So you guys understand that. So there's people are in the shower. There's four little sets of tiny feet in the shower. And then tiny, the, the, tiny feet, feet. the feet plod out of the shower. Tippy and then toes. the feet sit down in the toilet. And the feet belong to Jenny. She's peeing. She's peeing. Carmen, also interested in peeing. Why not just hop on and pee on each other? Go for it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the, and otherwise identified people, this is the infamous, the infamous. Jenny and Carmen piss play scene. 
And um, really a revolutionary scene. Yeah. And I feel like it. it doesn't get the credit it deserves. <laughs> I love to in, see it. In the, in the canon. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, Carmen's like, does this feel nice? I don't know. And then outside, Mark walking around like he's not someone who could just be in the bushes at any yeah, moment. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. It's like cl- clutching his crotch, wearing a terrible shirt. I can't remember what it said, but it's, I hated it. Um, another Urban Outfitters <laughs> oh, classic really? from that same time period. It says, I rock Catholic girls, which is gross. Ew. Yeah, it's another... Um, uh, Loved working at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Shane offers to. We didn't have stuff like that at Gap Kids when I worked at Gap Kids. No, well, it's a, it's a, it's a Christian establishment, <laughs> right? Of course. Um, Sh- Shane is going to help Mark out by knocking. No response. Opens the door. Just opens. Who does that? Shane, don't do that. And I mean, I guess she's like, well, I've seen you both naked before, so let's just do this. But like, what did the, did the two of them in the hallway really j- just not think they were having sex? That is so ridiculous. Well, they hadn't seen this scene yet, so they didn't know yet. Oh, and then and then Shane's like, "Oh my god!" And it's super awkward because you know uh, because of everything. And so then that scene is now part of our lives. Yeah, and then Shane does tell Mark to use the bushes. Yeah, as if it had only just occurred to either of them that that was an option in that moment. Yeah, and then maybe while he was doing that, a like uh, wolf or a coyote or something would have jumped out of the bushes and and, and eaten him. Just crotch first. Malt him to death crotch first. Yeah. That would be great. Okay, so then we have the theme song, and then we go into the first theme. Yeah. Takes place, uh, you think it's in the tool shed, but it's not. Um, this is a nightmare. But the good things, yeah. There are there's one good thing. Okay. And it's that the song Successy by Metric is playing. This is from their first album, 2003's Old World Underground. Where are you now? I really, 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 really love this album. That's and great. I love this band. And that's where the good stuff ends. So the beginning of the scene, we're seeing, I guess, sort of like a beginning cut of Mark's film, A Compendium of Lesbian, Volume 1. Compendium of Lesbianism, Volume 1. And by a man. It, first of all, it has such a reality bites feel to it. Yes, absolutely. Like when he shows, when Ben Stiller's character shows everyone <laughs> his cut of like Winona Ryder's footage of them and their friends. And everyone's like, what is <laughs> happening to our social group that we're in a movie? So I don't know if they did that on purpose, but it was I hope they very much like that. And the film itself. Um, it involves some Jenny and um, Shane horseplay. It involves some stuff we've seen before. It involves some stuff we haven't seen before, like a little interview with Dana and Alice where I believe they're, Alice is being asked if she misses men. I think so. But she's also dressed like a young British schoolboy. Yes, she is. And it's cute. It is adorable. And there's also Carmen. Carmen. There's some Carmen interviews. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about how when she was 16, she fell madly in love with Lucia Torres was Pablo's girlfriend. And you don't fuck with Pablo's girl. But she did. But she did. So we pause the movie because Gomi and the guy, surprise, surprise, the people at this porn studio, not into the film. No, that's so shocking. It's revealed that Gomi's alive. Uh-huh. I had just assumed he had perished. I had also assumed he had him. perished. We poisoned everything he planned to touch that day. And we, yet somehow we did. he must have been going through life in a hazmat suit. We laid so many traps for him. And we yet did. here he is at this meeting. <laughs> yeah. Mark keeps trying to pitch this as a doc, as an anthropological film that could wind up at Sundance. Right. Sure. And Gomi tells Mark to eat a dick. Right. Um, And the guy says that they want hot lesbian sex and they want it now. Yeah. Which seems like if that's what they want, that they should just like make a lesbian sex movie. It seems like they have... With sex actors. It seems like they have no problem creating... Adult movies, mm-hmm. pornographic videos. Yeah. So, so like, why could you not just continue making those but have women in them? Right. 
at this point, there is no stick of dynamite under the desk that makes everyone explode. Instead, no, I was hoping there was. There was not. Instead, Marcus thwarted as an artist. And how will he ever survive in this film climate that is unable to make room for his dreams of exploiting his roommates against their permission? I mean... Give this guy a break, yeah, industry. Come on, come on, industry. Let's let's make room for art. We can't all just be blockbuster, Marvel, uh, no, Independence Day. Yeah, some of us are artists. We can't all make, you know, Hulk Hogan movies. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk movies. Yeah. Hulk movies. The Avengers. I, on the other hand, would love to sell out and have no <laughs> misconceptions about myself as an artist. Right. So if anyone would love to give me a bunch of money to do something, yeah, I am Fast willing to Furious sell out 5, immediately. Carly's on board. I'm on it. Give me a call. Anyway, so this guy wants his money back. Right. I cannot believe someone gave Mark money for this film. But whatever. You should have done a Kickstarter. <laughs> then we go. Oh Can you imagine Mark's <laughs> oh my God, Kickstarter, Mark's Kickstarter. Oh my God. We could have roast. Like I, I cannot imagine. Like that would be, oh that would be like, God hater day for autostraddle.com the degree to which we could the the like the options for us to to like totally roast his kickstarter video about lesbians that he is I, secretly filming i want Woo! can we make this kickstarter video yes, as oh a parody God, i want to incredible. make this so badly i'm sure eric lively isn't doing anything mm. he has to, he owes this to the lesbians to redeem himself it's not enough to just be related to the star of the iconic lesbian film, A Simple Favor. You also have to give back to the community. You have to give back to the community because you've taken so much yes. from it. You've yeah. robbed us of a, what could have been maybe an interesting season of television. With Let the Carly line. direct a Kickstarter video starring you or we are going to start kicking you. That's kicking the threat. You. Oh, I get it. Kickstart. Yeah. We're going to go, kicking. go. You're indie if you don't do it. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 We're going to be fun, dear go if you don't do it. Oh, my God. I think... Um, we should definitely do this video. Yeah. Okay. Eric Lively, please get in touch or Call anyone us. that looks like Eric Lively. Also, Eric, and if you're still listening to this podcast, like, dude, we're really sorry that we keep uh, hating on you. We, I'm sure you as a person are like a fine, a fine gentleman. Are we? But we don't know. We don't know. Anyway, then we go to a super cute scene. Thank mm -hmm. but lesbian lords. Thank you. Whew. Alice wants a strap on. Yep. That's what she whispered in Dana's ear last episode. <laughs> she's a bit uh, flummoxed by yeah. the request. She's having some reservations. She's and then she's like biphobic. Yeah. She's like, what <laughs> is this? Is this like you can't get, you know, but again, I don't think this was unusual for the time. No, I don't either. But and also it's silly because uh, strap on like, come on, Dana, what are you doing? Dana, come on. Dana, this is good. She's getting educated. She's getting to learn that lesbians love strap on. So it has nothing to do with whether or not you are bisexual or have ever had sex yeah. with someone with a penis. Doesn't matter. Unrelated. Yeah. Unrelated situation. And Alice, to her credit, is very gracious in explaining herself and not being like, hey, girlfriend, you are being a little biphobic right now. But it feels very them. This conversation is very them. And it's also very cute. And yeah. Yeah. Then we go to Helena's. Then we go to Helena's. Tina is waking up in the beach house and she is waking up to the beautiful sounds of the ocean and seagulls and Helena on the phone screaming at someone screaming in her yoga pants she has already worked out yes she, she is glistening she's glistening I mean she did her yogas already mm -hmm. um Tina does that thing where she pretends to be asleep yeah <laughs> which I have done so many times yeah we're just like oh, I don't really feel like dealing with this right now oh I'm definitely asleep yeah because also what is Tina gonna say yeah you're right you should be allowed to have your kids because you're richer than Winnie yeah like no, oh, it's Helena, this is gross. Like the only way Tina can maintain her interest in Helena is to black out that whole storyline. Yeah, that I part, think. that that storyline is is very off-putting. 
So Tatina. Helena like wants to get together later. Bettina says she has her ultrasound and Bet is going with her to the ultrasound. And Helena assumed Helena, yeah. that she would be going. Right. Because she forgot. That she doesn't Conveniently <laughs> forgot that Bet was going because it's Bet's fucking child. Right. This feels like a top off. It does? This moment? This moment. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Because Helena assumes that she's going. Right. And then Tina reminds her that Bet's going. And then Helena acts like super weird. Right. Like tail between her legs. And I feel like that is absolutely a point in Bet's favor. All right. It's the top off. It's a top off. What's the score now? Five to two. Bet over Helena. Damn. Yeah. So Helena's super weird about Tina being like, why don't you come to my apartment later? And Helena's yeah. like, eh, I don't know about that. And and so I'll call I, you. I don't know. I like a, uh, it's just a little mattress on the floor. Go to, go to, <laughs> on the floor. Go, go out to dinner at like uh, a luxury yeah, five-star establishment. <laughs> okay. Then we go to an old theater, probably I'm guessing downtown LA or Hollywood. It is. It is actually being filmed in obviously in Vancouver at the Orpheum Theater in Vancouver. I thought it was actually the Orpheum Theater in LA. No, it's the Orpheum Theater in Vancouver. And uh-huh. here is my Battlestar friends. <gasps> All of those opera flashbacks, oh. the the the, the like you know the um what are, what was it called where the like the silence who were on the stage and the yellow light and yes. they didn't know who was who. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I can't remember. As well as Rosalind's flashbacks. But yes. Oh fuck, that's. Wow, good job. I mean, this was like this. this was a key key set in um, Battlestar. Less it's, key here. It's a very majestic theater. It's very majestic. And Shane is being led in. She's like, "What have I been hired to do today? Who's going to let me touch their little hairs Who's, today? Who has hired me to do their hairs? Why, it's Veronica Bloom, and she is dressed in full lesbian regalia." An old timey gangster attire. Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> like a she's Dick on Tracy the set of Dick Tracy. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, it's just dress rehearsal for Dick Tracy, a new Broadway play that she's financing uh-huh. and also starring in. Yeah, Guys and Dolls could be Guys and Dolls. It's a shoot about the most powerful women in Hollywood, and she is mid rant already. <laughs> yeah, and Shane doesn't want to do it. No, she does not, because if you recall, Veronica Bloom is crazy. <laughs> yes. So then we go to the planet. Planet. Where Bed and Kit are wearing a lot of very like mid two thousands, all of like there's unnecessary glitter, like sort of shiny adornments on all of their yes. outfits, and it's very distracting to the eye. Yes, it is. So Kit says that Toe is coming into town toe just time. to visit her. Toe time, impending toe time, <laughs> impending toe alert time. It's not part of his tour. He's just coming to see her, mm-hmm. and he's not staying with Kit. He's not. If you recall, he has a wife and kids. And Bet is so proud of everything that Kit has done, the planet, with her sobriety, and it's just she, a little worried. She doesn't want her to get hurt. Doesn't want her to get hurt by a, by worried. the tow guy. And take it from one who knows, you know, <laughs> Bet. Bet has yeah. some experience with mm-hmm. this stuff. Bet has been the tow guy. Bet is the tow guy <laughs> of the past. Kit informs us that she has got a lobster straight from the ocean and brought it directly to straight from the ocean in Maine. <laughs> yeah. The Atlantic yes. Ocean. Laura drove all the way to Maine, <laughs> went on a b- lobster boat, got a lobster, and then she drove did it all herself. the way back. Yeah. And now they're going to cook it up for um, Toe because he loves him some lobster. There's so many mentions of Laura in this episode, and we do not see her once. No, nor the do we go to really Red Lobster. Wants, really wants us to, us to remember that Laura is in the picture. Yeah, she's here. They just didn't want to extend her contract to this yeah, episode because she would have been from guests to recurring. Day. Right. Um, then we go back to the theater where Shane 
refuses Veronica Bloom's estimation of her. Yes. Uh, Veronica sees something in Shane, blah, blah, blah. Shane wants something to do with it. Blah, blah, blah. Shane leaves. Yeah. Basically. She, she says she has no magic and no mojo and she's not going to, Veronica's not going to find that in her. And also she's not going to do her hair, mm-hmm. which is fine because she's wearing a hat. <laughs> then we go, <laughs> then we go to a restaurant. Then we go to a restaurant that is not the planet. No. Can you believe we are about to witness a scene over a meal in yeah. public and it's not at the planet? It's actually at a restaurant that I think was called Mark's. Yes. It, not to be confused with the Mark who was murdered a few, mm. a few scenes ago. No, he does not own a restaurant. Right. If he did, he probably wouldn't have to live in a tool shed. So Charlotte is really determined to get Jenny yes. and Burr Connor to be working on this like, fucking memoir together. Jenny's like, lady, what is your angle? Why do you care so much about this? Also, Jenny looks really pretty. She does look really She's pretty. Kind of glowing. And Charlotte, first of all, everyone's day drinking. Charlotte yes. tells Jenny that she's a compulsive picker of her own navel lint. And then is like, are, are we self-loathing body mutilators as well? She says, I hope you're not a cutter, which is super offensive. Yeah, it sure is. And it's going to gosh. And says, I can't wait to read about that in one of your stories. Yeesh. At that point, Jenny, I hope, ordered another drink. Um, they are waiting for Burr to show up. He is mm-hmm. not there yet. And that Charlotte thinks that maybe Jenny will become a nonfiction writer, which I think is very funny Mm -hmm. because she's not. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go to the sexy sex sex shop of sex toys. Alice and Dana are in the sex shop. Dana has sunglasses (laughs) on. Dana is trying to not be noticed by all her adoring fans. I mean, look what happened to Kara, Delavin, whatever, and Ashley Benson when they went to a sex shop in West Hollywood and bought a sex bench. It was all over the tabloids. I know, but that was awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. (laughs) And this could have been incredible visibility as well, but it was, but it ended up not being. You know, I think Dana hid inside her turtleneck and then put her sunglasses on and she looked like a tiny little Muppet and it was so cute. It was really cute. She looked like a fraggle. I think if Tanya was still in the picture, she would have absolutely told Dana to use this as a marketing opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that like, that's like what we're missing by Tanya not being on her team anymore. Sure. But um, anyway, there's an incredibly overeager salesperson (laughs) who is like very overwhelming. This one's blue. This one's black. This one's big. This one's small. This one's edible. This one's not. She just like jumps up from behind the counter lube. and like won't stop talking. Yeah. And Dana is very, very overwhelmed. And Alice is like, oh, great. This is like normal things because it is. And then Dana is like a little slut shamey to her. She's like, how many things have you done? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Dana, girl, it's okay. That's Relax. after she finds out that Alice is familiar with butt plugs. Relax. Relax, Dana. Relax, Dana. You know, I think she just feels like she's behind. Yeah. You know, Alice has been yeah. out there doing it. Out there being out, being, being Alice, being doing stuff. Um, Carol's joined us now. Carol has just jumped into the chair that is usually reserved for our special guests. So I guess we should get a mic out for Carol. Yeah, we should get a mic out for Carol. If you have any thoughts on this, she's Carol resting jumped, her little head. She jumped oh up. God, honestly, this, this is so is fucking great. cute. I have to take a picture. Don't move, Carol. Can we go to the doc? The doctor's office? Yes. For an ultrasound. Bet and Tina hold hands. There's that's the, the whole scene. That's the whole scene. <laughs> Did you do? Then we go back to the lunch. Burr lunch. Burr lunch. She says that he's totally okay with gay women, but gay men are gross. Like, yes. oh boy. And then Charlotte implies. Well, but he well, does say it's more like gay male actors can't get, it impacts their career if they come out, which at the time was true. Was true. Yes. 
And was true about women too. I actually, I was yeah. more annoyed that he was like, yeah, women have it easy and men don't. It's like, that's actually not really super true. I mean, women have it, had it like women coming out in Hollywood had a slightly tiniest bit easier time than men did because of the patriarchy because of the patriarchy but barely but barely barely yeah it's also funny for him to say that sitting at a table with like a actress who's been out for her like entire career yeah <laughs> who is a legend um charlotte implies that he's closeted and right? he threatens her with a lawsuit and leaves yeah but he pays the bill first he sure does yeah then Jenny follows him out and is like, hey, man, I agree with you. It'd be great if gay male actors came out. It would be great visibility. But you're right. It would be bad for their career. And somehow this concession. Oh, and, he, and she's like, don't worry about Charlotte. She's not God. Yeah. And then Charlotte walks out like, ha, 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 ha. Looming yes, behind I her. am. I am God. And then Burr's like, come over. Let's do the book. Yep. And then he speeds off in a Mustang, which <laughs> I thought was, I was expecting like some like really expensive luxury car. Yeah. And it was a Ford Mustang, which is so like that, like old school masculinity thing, yeah. which I thought was weirdly a perfect choice, <laughs> but also hilarious to me. I guess he was the director. Then we go to Tiny Tina's tiny apartment. Tiny Tina's tiny apartment. Where Bet and Tina are putting away the groceries. Look sure at this. Putting Look away that almond milk, life. putting away that kale, putting away that putting tofu, away the, the putting away milk. that spirulina. Tina thanks Bet, And then they have a very tender hug. And and then things escalate. She says, you feel so good. She says, you smell good. And then this, I believe, so the Tibet fandom mm -hmm. has names for different sex scenes. Really? I believe this is the OMFG sex scene. Oh, my God. I didn't know they had named the scenes. This and it is, is known as one of the most legendary of all of the well, it, often. Some people would say it's the best, but this is a long sex scene this is like everything is happening in real time right like this is like a long scene yeah and there is an entire folk rock song <laughs> that is happening during throughout the, the duration of the scene that also like takes some time to worship her belly yeah and they have full sex you guys they do it they can't hold it back any longer they still have something between them and, and it's, it's not and it's Beth's hand <laughs> And, and, and Tina's like tells her where to touch her and stuff, which you get the impression is not normal. Not normal. Not normal Tina their, behavior for their previous sexual encounters before everything went to shit. Um. Yeah, it's a very intense and emotional <laughs> scene. Same scene, yeah. Good job, uh, everyone. Great acting. Great job. Goes on for a very long time. Great work. Mm -hmm. What else is there to say? Then we go to Shenny's. Mark is in a chair. His hair is wet. Shane has a pair of scissors on her. Yes. So I think we all know where this is going to go. She's going to stab his eyes out. Unfortunately, instead, she decides to cut his hair. Oh. Not only does she cut his hair, she gives him the exact same haircut that she currently in this scene also has. <laughs> yeah. So they can be twins. And he's like, this is a little gay. And she's like, get used to it. Which is fun if he was like a normal fun person. Yeah. But he's not. Mm -mm. He's the devil. So um, whatever. He does this weird thing where he mentions, she talks about how she like left and isn't going to work for Veronica mm -hmm. Bloom anymore. And he does this weird thing where he's like, oh, I, I should have said something and like had you like give me, give her my trailer, which is like this weird presumptuous moment. And then she's like totally entertaining it. Like, yeah, maybe I could like get hired again or introduce you yeah. to someone at the studio. And it's very, yeah. don't do that, Shane. 
Don't do that. Yeah, don't put yourself on the hook for this. Don't get involved. Then Carmen shows up. Carmen shows up. She's, oh, Jenny's not here. That's okay. She's here uh, to see Shane. I wasn't looking for Jenny. I was looking for you, gumshoe. Mark sees himself out, as yeah. he should. Should go to this tool shed and spy on their conversation. Right. Um, so Carmen's like, hey, like, just wanted to see, you know, like, what the fuck is going on with you? Yeah. And um, like, just for the record, I did not punch you in the eyes. I just want to make sure that's not like what you're telling. Like, I know that you had thought that. And I'm concerned that you might have a head injury if you actually do think (laughs) that that happened because it definitely didn't. Right. And Shane acknowledges, well, I'm having a hard time seeing you and Jenny have a blast together. Just throwing it in my face all the time. Right. And she's so happy for you guys, but it's tough. And Carmen's like, listen, why are you so convinced that having a relationship near you is going to kill you? And Shane's like, because it will. Yes, she thinks she will literally die from a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmen tries to get Shane to maybe realize that maybe she could take a chance and try to be maybe in a relationship with her. And they just kind of put their faces really, really, really close together. After um, Carmen directs Shane to feel her oh, heart. Yes. yes, They feel each other's heartbeats. That's how you know if you are... Um, that's like if you're alive then like your heart is like beating and then if you're dead your heart is like not beating so she's like look i'm alive you're alive you're alive let's do this thing let's fucking fuck yeah let's do it let's be girlfriends and carmen also reveals that her perspective on the jenny situation is that they are just biding their time till the real deal comes along because jenny is so lost in her own darkness she wouldn't know the real deal if it hit her in the face and this is coming from someone who recently hit jenny in the face Oh my God, that's true. So she, she would know. Yeah. Uh, Mark's brain completely explodes. Yeah, this is the best movie he's ever seen. This is better than Grey Gardens. Yeah, this is changing his life. Like this goes a step beyond the marble fawn. <laughs> also, I definitely had this exact outfit that she's wearing <laughs> in the scene. I just feel like I should mention that. Yes. And at one point, basically had this haircut too. It is like, it's it's sad. It's sad to hear. It's always sad. It's sad yeah. to hear Carmen talk about her relationship like that. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's not fair to Jenny. And yeah, this is, it's tough. It's tough. And uh, they don't kiss though. They right? do not kiss. We cut back to Tina's apartment where she is saying goodbye to Bet, And Bet's like, I know this doesn't mean anything. Tina's like, let's just not let this fuck anything up. We're doing really great. Let's maintain our boundaries. Maintain boundaries. And I think Jennifer Beals does some gorgeous acting in this she moment because sure you really see how conflicted she is mm-hmm. and and all the emotions that she's... I don't know. Emmy for Jennifer Beals. There we go. I said it. Wow. Yeah. We go back to Shenny's. Back to Shenny's. And they're just still... Yeah. Really, 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 really basically. Yeah, they're together. ready to be on a listing movie poster. Yeah, they're ready. Because that's the pose. And um, Carmen gives Shane some advice, some like first date advice, which is if you don't take any risks, then you might as well be dead. <laughs> wow. So, but Shane is taking a risk right now. Like she had a good job and she quit it. That's a risk. That was definitely a she risk. She started a fight with two strangers, two extras on Venice Beach. She's taking a lot of risks. That's a risk. Yeah. Um, recreational drug use. That's recreational always a risk. Recreational drug use. Uh, inviting twins home. That's a risk. That's a risk. Uh, knowing Mark at all is a risk. Yeah, which knowing we know, Mark, but she doesn't know yet. Doing the samurai code with Mark. Not killing Mark when she had ample opportunity to so many times. That's also a risk. a risk. So I think that, you know, everyone should get at risk the game and start playing for keeps. 
That's my advice. <laughs> Mark is in, you know, is in his shed like, fuck me. Yeah, he's just can't believe it. All these women who talk. That's another part of his trailer was he was like, I don't know if this is like a lesbian thing, but these women talk about everything. It's like, like it's he not know like he's any never women? talked to anyone yeah. besides Gomi in his whole life. Yeah, truly. And the UPS girl. Yeah. Then we go back to <laughs> Tina's apartment. This scene is bananas. This is fucking insane. <laughs> so it the way this is all edited, it seems like Bet literally just walked out the door. Yeah, it does. And then Helena comes in. Yeah. It's so, like in the real album, Rose is like, as soon as one girl walks out, another girl walks but like, in. It's the way the way that <laughs> Tina's standing like by the door as if yeah. Bet just left. Like Bet and Helena should have crossed paths for sure outside. Yeah. yeah. It seems inconceivable that they did not bump into each other, one coming in, one going out. Yeah. So that's sure. Helena is all dressed up. Tina's still in her I just Post sex, sex robe. robe. <laughs> and Helena is like, well, why don't we just stay here and order in or whatever? But Tina wants to stay in and Helena could not be possibly bothered to stoop so low as to hang out in a what one or two bedroom apartment. Yeah, she is not going to eat food in a in a room that small. She needs a big table, high ceiling. Oh my god. These chandelier several There's not forks. enough natural light. Mm-hmm. I can't hear the ocean. No, I can't hear a seagull. Carpeting. This is absolutely unacceptable. Unacceptable. Or yeah. Helena. She and might as well then, just be eating in a boxcar. <laughs> and then Tina starts trying to have sex with Helena. And Tina's like yeah. taking charge and She's is like, like all, I want to fuck all night. Yeah, it's it's really a lot. And Helena's completely horrified. Yeah, she's miserable. She's like, you're not acting like yourself. You're a bottom. (laughs) This is my job. Lie down. (laughs) No. Tina yells at Helena and does make some really good points. Hell yeah. Tina asserts really, Really good points. But does it in a way... That is bananas. That is bananas. <laughs> and she definitely starts to kind of like lose it a little bit at the end. Right. She She's like, you don't want me unless there's an audience. Yeah. And she's like, here, I'll do an audience. And then she runs outside, yells, hey, hey, neighbors, me and my girlfriend are going to have sex. You want to watch? And then goes and opens her front door and yells down the, the hallway. Same the same like, thing. <laughs> it's like, you have to still live here, hon. Yeah. These yeah. are still your neighbors. You're, they're they're going to all wonder what the fuck is going on. Yeah. The next time you go to take out the trash. Right. You bump into them at the bins or yeah. by the mailbox. Yeah. So after that little uh, display. Yeah. Helena runs out. Yeah. Um, they get in a big fight and Helena's like, you're clearly like a hysterical pregnant woman and mm-hmm. there's a lot of hormones. And Tina's like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And Helena's like, we'll talk later, buddy. Yeah. And then she leaves and Helena... She's like, I have a reservation at Squirrel and I'm going right now. I'm going right now, <laughs> even though it doesn't exist yet. And then Helena leaves, Helena leaves and then Tina just cries. There's a lot of crying in this yeah. episode. I also think this scene really spoke to, like, I think that Tina is in a position where... I think she's been empowered by feeling like Helena is not her only option for companionship. Yes. You know? Where she can be like, you know what? I'm going to call out this thing that you're doing because I don't yeah. think that I don't need you for the sake of you. So if you're not making room for me, then like you can't make room for us. Mm, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And she's also just like really living uh, like robe, robe life. Which is important. Yeah. It's robe important. life is really important life to be. If Helena, you're living it, don't let anything get in the way of that. Helena also blames her behavior on her hormones. Yeah. Not cool. Um, yeah. So I think. I think Tina stands up for herself and you're getting a sense that Tina's like empowered and like become like maybe just like really finally being like a full actualized person that isn't 
being domineered and and kind of cared for by someone. Goodbye, She's Tiny like, Tina. Goodbye, Tiny Tina. Hello, Tina. Capital T, Tina. Just Tina. Just Tina. Speaking of where to start with T, uh, we go to therapy. Therapy, which does start with a T, but it sounds like a... Th- the camera work at the beginning of this scene sets it up like something really ominous and terrible is happening. Yes, it does. And to which I say, why? Why? <laughs> therapy is not scary. It's not. Therapy is awesome. Although the way that Dan Foxworthy sits there stone cold with his <sighs> hands under his like chin... Him. It does look like it does look like he is like, give me one reason why I shouldn't kill you right now. Yeah. He like he just like everything Bet says. I mean, he does the therapist thing where he like questions, right. you know, asks her a question. And but he's I don't know. I find him to be like such a menacing presence that I yeah. don't I could never have him as a therapist. He's terrifying. No. Also, he's a man. Yeah, that too. And Bet ha- is having some very important discoveries here. Yep. She said that the sex with Tina was incredible, but that she also felt like Tina did not belong to her anymore. She has been with someone else. You know, she was so free in her body and she's not this fragile little thing anymore. Now she's unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And, and she, which uh, are all great things for Tina. And really important things for Bet to like admit and mm-hmm. say out loud and truly understand. Yeah. And I, maybe she's coming to deal with the fact that part of what she liked about Tina was that she, because she says she doesn't belong to me anymore. Yeah, that's, that's a quote. Ooh. That is intense shit. Yeah, because you don't, that's not a, a relationship should never feel like someone belongs to someone else. No, that is an imbalance. And I think, and you know, it also speaks to the very real experience of like being with somebody that you've been with before after having had other partners in the interim period. And like you come in with this whole new sort of set of tools in a way mm-hmm. or awarenesses. And it's always, it's always an interesting dynamic yeah. you know because you're like wait is this something you know you like because of someone else or something you figure you know it's yeah like a, it's very bizarre it's and bet like, mentions that yeah um which is i think i think that's like a fascinating thing to mm-hmm. like actually talk about yeah in her therapy session yeah that's great i'm not giving dan any credit though no it has nothing to do with him it really was bet doing the work on her own time um she cries a lot this yeah. is more this is a really crying heavy episode mm-hmm. and dan says that Tina has been through a whole lot in the last year mm-hmm. and she's come out stronger on the other side. And yeah. isn't that a good thing? Yeah. And Bet agrees, but thinks Tina maybe doesn't need her anymore. And that makes her very sad. Yeah. Bet used to be the only one who could bring art into Tina's life. And now Tina knows how to make art at the beach with shells with and other shells objects. and glue and sand. And that's different. You know, it is different. It's really different. Quick little scene. Quick little scene of Dana completely incognito. Going into the sex shop by herself. You get it, Dana. Go, girl. Take control. You can do it. You got that. You You got it. Get a moderate sized dildo. We believe in you. Tool shed. Tool shed. Jenny is looking for Mark. She needs her Burke Connor DVDs back because Mm -hmm. she's back on the job. Back on the job. And Mark is not there. He's not in the tool shed right now. The tool shed door is unlocked. Mm -hmm. And Jenny goes inside. And I think at this moment, Everyone knows where this is going. I did not know that Mark would have somehow already had time to, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? Mm-hmm. Re- I was going to say the same exact thing. <laughs> to print out. Mark has already indexed and labeled and physically made a label for the scene from the night before. Yeah. He, it, it, in case you didn't know where this was going, <laughs> she picks up a DV tape case. Rest in peace, DV tape. <laughs> And it is labeled Shane slash Carmen Love Confession. Yeah. That was rough. That was the, that was the, the, a rough tape. That's what you called that one, huh? (laughs) All right. 
It's because in a way he's like telling what the story is without like that's his determination. He's right. What happened. He is. Well, he as a person who thinks he is a storyteller crafting a narrative right. that for him does serve that purpose in his narrative, True. both in his film and in his actual life. Right. Whoa. So of course, Johnny's like, hmm. hmm what's my best this? friend and my girlfriend are having a love confession. Yesterday. <laughs> there was another labeled tape too. That yeah. was something else. It was like, Shane makes a sandwich. Or yeah. something. Like, you know, and I was like, don't you want to see that one first? Yeah, that could like, be fun. Shane gives Mark a haircut. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> um, but before we see what Jenny's going to do with this tape, I can't imagine what she's going to do with I the tape. I can't imagine it either. We cut to the CAC. Back to the CAC. Bet's at work. She's talking to one of her colleagues about Surrounded Christo. Island, which was a Christo piece in, in which Miami. he encircled the Biscayne Bay Islands in pink floating fabric mm-hmm. because that's art. Yes. Christo, yeah. known for the gates. Yeah, that happened while I was in New York. The yes. Gates. That was also art. It was a bunch of um, orange flags in Central she Park. She likes to put flags in places. Yeah. Um, so wrap things, wrap buildings. It's art. So they're talking about different artists and Bet says that she wants Alan Barnes, who we met last episode, she wants to commission a new piece of art from Alan Barnes. And before she can barely even get the sentence out of her mouth, in walks Helena, who says, well, maybe we'll just add it to the budget. Girl, you don't actually work here. You're a board member. Board members don't just show up and demand things. That's not how any board member works or a board works. Before we get into what I believe is top off I, oh, yeah. I would like to note that the outfit that bet is wearing in this scene mm-hmm. which is like a button-down white shirt heavy on the cleavage yep. suspenders a necklace three she, strands of pearls yes she is wearing this is the outfit that she's wearing in a magazine photo shoot for velvet park magazine yep. that she did with eileen shaken and jenny right with mia yes and as aforementioned i had to collect all those magazines of course you did and the only place in new york where i could buy velvet park was at babeland the sex store in lower east side so i went all the way there that's the first time i went to babeland was to buy the copy of this magazine holy shit yeah. and she's just here wearing this outfit and here she is i was like oh my god it's the outfit on another person this outfit might be ridiculous but on jennifer Beals, it is perfect <laughs> helena also looks amazing because she's wealthy and pretty yep and uh you know what? You know what we're getting into right now. It's a top off. It's a top off. So We've got Helen a- on her corner with her money, and Bet in her corner with, with the processes art. that things go through before they are finalized, or any moves are made, or anyone gets to look at the budget that she's not done writing. It's bureaucracy versus money. <laughs> yes. Helena seems to care so much about art, by the way. Yeah. Which is really funny because back when she was trying to maybe finance some projects, she pulled all the funding from this museum. Yeah. In the favor of social programs away from art. Correct. But now that it involves ruining Beth's life, obviously she has to be on the board and has to throw her money around. Yeah. Um, so she is just strolled through this meeting that she was not invited to because she wants to underwrite Alan Barnes' entire retrospective. And money should never be an object. Yes. James watches the top off. Yes. And it is very entertaining to watch James <laughs> watch the top off. Um, fun fact about the actor who plays James real quick. Yeah. He quit acting uh, in 2012. It was the last time he acted. And he's been working since um, in camera departments. He was a, a camera assistant on the hit film Deadpool starring Ryan Reynolds, oh, wow. who's married to Blake Lively, whose brother is Eric Lively, who plays Whoa, Mark. Oh, that's the chart with Alice <laughs> It's human connectivity. Hi, we're on NPR. Mm. This is the chart with Alice Biazek. We're all connected. We're all connected. 
Anyway, so this is a top off. It is a top off. This is a top off and it's a, it's a, so it, it concludes basically with Helena accepting that Bet will not give her what she wants right now or like circumvent the process for her, but also insisting on staying and interrupting Bet's meeting and mm-hmm. general day. So I feel like it balances out here. I don't know that anyone gets any points in this scene, yeah. but it is nice to see them face to face again, it which is. we haven't seen in a yeah. while. However, I think that they both, I wouldn't say this is a zero zero. I'd say it's a one one. Okay. Because I think that, I think, I mean, bet, points were made. Yeah. Points were made. Yeah. And I just really felt for bet in this scene. Cause it is so annoying when someone's like, let me see the budget. And I'm like, it's not done yet. Oh, I hate that. You know, People whenever I want to see a budget, you're yeah. like, I need to make a budget. You can't just think up a budget. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in the middle of it. Well, let me just see what you've got so far. There's no, no such thing until it's none. done. There's nothing like if I, even if I'm 90% done, if it's not hundred percent done, there's nothing to look at. Budgets take a really long time and they're terrible. Yeah. So, so then in that case, each of our tops are awarded one point, which now brings the score bet six, Helena three. Indeed. Indeed. Then we go to the tool shed. So we go back to the tool shed. Jenny is watching my favorite movie, Shane and Carmen Love Confession. (laughs) I'm bringing it to Sundance. I think it's going to be in girls shorts this year at Outfest. (laughs) Oh my God. Can someone just submit this scene, film this scene and submit it to the shorts. It's just a scene of a girl with a pixie cut watching a surveillance video of two girls saying they love each other and uh-huh. don't and that she's too consumed by her own darkness uh-huh. and just submit that. Yeah, it would it would do really well. Yeah. Um, Jenny is watching and not blinking and crying. Just really intense music. Really, really intense. Everyone's sad. Jenny has a lot of like her dress involves a lot of things. Yeah. Is this when she's wearing the fur? She has no, she hasn't put the fur on yet. It's still the, the velvet thing it's that has like all the with the straps. strappy bits. Yeah, and yeah. it's like her bra's there somewhere, but I can't figure out where. <laughs> in theory, yeah, in theory. Who on the show is wearing a bra ever though? Yeah. Then we go to, back to the CAC. Helena is taking a phone call with Tina in Bet's office mm. while Bet is in the conference room. That's a power move. Power well, James is move. and, and James is watching. James is, what? James is spying. Yeah. That's yeah, a good, he you're, is. You're a good man, James. James, Brown. you're a great man, a great assistant. Good for him. Good for him. Um, Helen is like, you are coming to my house tonight. And we're yeah. like, oh, here we go. Helen is back on her bullshit. But you know who's up on Helena's bullshit is Tina. Tiny Tina. No longer tiny. Just capital T Capital Tina. T Tina is like, listen, I am not just a toy. You a pregnant toy on your little shelf next you to your other just, pregnant toys. You take it off your, the shelf. Yeah, you can't just take me off the shelf like a piece of sushi and put like me in a, your mouth. You can't just take me off the shelf like Toy Story. Yeah, I'm not Buzz Lightyear. Okay. I'm Tina Kennard. I'm not fucking I'm Jesse not the, the cowgirl in the cupboard. Okay, I'm <laughs> Tina Kennard. Wow, remember that book? Oh God, that was a, was that turned into a movie too? Yeah, oh, it was. I think. I love yeah, those books. I, I mean, now I'm obsessed with those books. I feel like there's they're probably probably incredibly problematic. But I love the title them. alone. But I love loved that book them. Mm. Um, I do um, feel like it was the precursor to Toy Story. Absolutely, because everyone read it in the cupboard. I had yes. a friend in middle in elementary school who at sleepovers would talk in her sleep to Boone. That's incredible. That's how embedded we were with I this was, narrative. I was. It was the L word of of a fourth grade. It was the it was my L word of fourth grade for <laughs> yeah. sure. Um. So Helena says. Regarding her outburst the previous night, and this is a direct quote, that was uncalled for on my behalf. Accept my apology? What the fuck? (laughs) That was uncalled for on my behalf indicates that there's a Tina's behalf who also should be apologizing. And this is not an apology. 
you can't just say accept my apology when you have not apologized. So Helena is very much still on her bullshit despite yes. thinking that she is not on her bullshit. She sure is. And Tina, this is not how you talk to people, but whatever. Tina, again, capital T Tina stands up for herself. And Helena is like kind of condescending. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a little, so whatever. Tina decides, yeah, sure, I'll come over later. Yeah. But also don't blame anything on me being pregnant from now on. Yeah. So. Bitch. Then we go. To Burr Connor's house, where he is practicing to kill Mark. He is training to kill Mark and Gomi, and Gomi. With his trainer, mm-hmm. maybe kickboxing or something. Yeah, um, he's fighting. Yeah, I have to wonder if Tony Goldwyn was really into, like, this was like a thing he already was really into doing, and he was like, I think the character should do it, and then I can like yeah. do it in the scene. Or maybe that's his real trainer, and he's like, Yeah, I'll get you in this. Yeah, totally show. Get your sad card. I'll be yeah, <laughs> you're, you're sad. <laughs> he said your sad card. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, definitely the scene. Um, Jenny is welcomed in. She's wearing in, a rabbit in her rabbit fur coat. <laughs> yeah, uh, and watches him, and is still crying, and she's, is just he. She's just waiting for his training session to finish. Still crying. Yeah, he's like, Okay, let's. Um, Let's go do our writing. Yeah, like you can record me. It's fine. And she's like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's like, my, are you okay? You shouldn't do here. this. You shouldn't do this. And she's like, like, no, I just have really bad hay fever. Please. <laughs> I, I feel I feel for her so much this scene. Like, please, please let me do I my job. Like, this is literally just, all I have going yeah. on right now. Like, my best friend and roommate is unintentionally getting in the way of my relationship with my girlfriend who doesn't like me because she likes her like this is my only job like please please. if I lose this then all of the things in my life that are supposed to be happening because there's five gonna fall apart you have you have work and school okay family okay friends um love and romance and health okay so let's take you need like three out of five to be I think you need three out of five to be happy okay Work. Um, work slash school she's very nervous about. She's nervous about. She was previously fired from this job and just got it back. Right. And Charlotte's crazy. Yes. So that she's, that's, it's tenuous at best. Yeah, she's trying to hold on to it. She's really grasping onto it. Okay. Family? No. Family, not in the picture. No. Um, friends, social life. Middling, but right now, bad. Because not, her not best friend yeah. is, is the foil between her and Carmen. Also, she just realized uh, the thing that we also haven't even mentioned is that Jenny now knows that Mark is surveilling them. Right. We haven't even brought that up because that is part of this too. Right. Cause. And that's going to resurface all this old trauma. For exactly. Her. And so not only Shit. is her best friend and roommate mm-hmm. like behind her back, like still clearly has feelings for Carmen and her girlfriend, Carmen is in love with her best friend and roommate mm-hmm. and thinks that she's consumed by her own darkness and yeah. wouldn't know love if it punched it, her in the face. Yeah. Like that is really horrible to hear. But also their housemate is definitely has at least one surveillance camera in the house and who knows what else she looked through. Right. Although it seemed like she was probably not in the mood. <laughs> didn't watch have the more time films. She was like this to film- go through all the other tapes. But she now knows that he has at least one hidden camera in their house, which is opening up like a Pandora's box for every implication therein. So thus watching that video means love and romance, bad, bad health. Now her mental health, mental health is not in a good place. So she has literally nothing is working right now, except that she just got this job with birth. So she's losing this and she She has her waitressing job still. She does. But But I think in terms of like career, whatever. Right. So she is 
trying to hold on to what she basically has, which is like half a point of work slash school because nothing else is working. Right. And so once you lose all five, that's when you completely lose your mind. Yeah. This is my theory of mental health. No, this is great. I think this is really you're onto something. Part of that theory came about because I was thinking like some people who are super close to their families seem to be like just more stable in mm. general than people who aren't. And I'm like, maybe it's because they always have that one point is always they have that there, one, like, you know, so they they have that one kind of like the bingo square in the middle is yeah. always there. Whereas for people without who are close to their families, so don't there's have like, that. even if the other four are non-existent, at least yeah. that they have is one, something. they have like one That'll automatic point. They have one yeah. beam, you know? <sighs> so anyway, we can we just stop and just talk about our, <laughs> no, we won't, we won't. And he is like, come on, come on. And he forces her into a hug. A big, sweaty, smelly hug. But and she starts sobbing. She sobs and it's kind of sweet. Kind of a sweet moment. Yeah. So we go to the planet where Kit has turned the planet into a romantic That's cute. dinner for two. She has planned a very special lobster night for Benjamin <laughs> yeah. Toe. Yeah, she's got the Cheddar Bay biscuits cooking in the back. They're in the back. She's got uh, some chilled wine. Some chilled wine for him. She has a Canadian extra ready to wait on them, hand and foot and toe. Hand and toe. And then she gets the phone call. She gets the phone call that we know, we all knew was coming. We did. We sure did. Um, There's some sort of family emergency and he can't make it. Right. Probably the emergency was his wife looking through his text messages. But um, Most definitely. She tells the extra to put Lara's lobster on the menu and sell it. Mm Mm-hmm. And cries. Yep. Now, I want to talk about sound editing for a moment. Uh-huh. Um, so the show does something very cool in mm-hmm. this scene and the scene that follows. Mm-hmm. Um, in the scene at the planet, there is a song that is playing in the background, um, but it doesn't sound like it's the music that's playing at the planet. It just mm-hmm. feels like it's the soundtrack or the score to the scene. Um, which in in sound world, uh, an editing world, is called non-diegetic sound. Okay. Um, this is just your general soundtrack to anything that you're watching. There's a score, there's a soundtrack, whatever. That's usually non-diegetic sound. On the transition point into the scene, the next scene, we go to Helena's Beach House, and the song continues to play mm-hmm. seamlessly, but the effect that was put on the track makes it sound like it is coming out of a speaker in the kitchen oh, and is cool. being used. It, it sounds like basically Helena is playing this song yeah. in her kitchen while she is preparing food, which is a big jump for her. We'll get yeah. to that in a second. And that is called diegetic sound. And I thought that that was a really fucking cool, cool thing to do there. I am a big fan of diegetic sound. That's really cool. Anyway, just something I noticed and thought was cool and wanted to talk about because I'm a nerd. Thanks, Carly. Anytime. Helena's cooking. Helena's cooking, listening to a cute little song, and Tina comes over. And she's like, oh my God, you know how to cook, unlike Bet. Yeah, we all know Bet doesn't Yikes. cook. Point Helena. I mean, that's not a top-off point, but just like a general person yeah. point. Um, Tina strolls in with flowers, and Helena says that she gave the chef the night off. So they could be alive. <sighs> Can you imagine being a chef who like was indentured to be there all night regardless? (laughs) It's like Beauty and the Beast. Oh my God, it would have been so cool if she walked in they'd been like, be a guest. You know, and all that. And and like like, the candlesticks had started dancing. And like the plates were like setting themselves on the table. Yeah, that that would have been been, so That would have been a top off point for Helena. Oh my God, that would have been like two top off points. Yeah. Helena mentions that she was actually thinking of becoming a chef at one point, but then she realized she was rich. And so did she. She's like, I bought 10 culinary schools and I just lost interest, (laughs) you know? 
I went to a workshop at Williams Sonoma, and then I was like, I went eh, to eh, one mind. class. <laughs> I went to one class, and I was like, oh. So she she's trying to make up for how shitty she was to Tina the other night. She says she's going to wait on her hand and foot, literally foot massage. Yeah, that's a nice thing to do if if you're into foot massages. Yeah, yes. we go to an AA meeting. Ivan is leading the meeting. Hi, Ivan. Hi, Ivan. It's and been so long. Ivan says hi We've to grown Kit. So much. We've grown so much. Ivan has a green bandana on, and he welcomes Kit to the meet. Yes. She was struggling, trying not to drink. Yeah. She got stood up and almost drank that wine, mm-hmm. but then decided she would rather just be around someone who would listen instead. And so she came to the meeting. Yeah. Good for you, Kip. And she's like, yeah, I really just want to talk to Ivan, but uh, sure, I'll talk to all you but motherfuckers I guess I'll, too. Uh, <laughs> just talk to all. Well, hey, I'll talk. hey, everybody. Hey, hey guys. Hey, circle. <laughs> then we go, it's a little while later, post-meeting, we are at some sort of uh, a bar that is actually not the planet. This yeah. is a big episode for restaurants and bars that are yeah, not the planet big location budget Ooh, for this big one uh there's some sort of burlesque yeah show happening um and ivan has brought kit here yeah ivan introduces kit to his girlfriend iris he sure does she's just danced two sets and she is exhausted she is exhausted um, which might be why she's a total bitch but it might that yeah, might just be her personality she might just be her personality um so they they sit and talk and well, Kit first is like, I don't want to be the third wheel. And she's like, oh, no, not at all. You know, Ivan explained she's had a hard night. Had and hard Iris night. is like, oh, great. You know, just sit down. Have a nice time. You know, like knowing she has a hard night. Let's, um, let's. Uh... And then Iris does not, does not act towards Kit as though she's somebody who is fragile. No. Ivan says that Kit owns the planet. And, and she's like, oh, that lesbian bar you invested in? She's like, well, it's not really a lesbian bar. I'm actually doing a lot of things to make it much more than that. Like bringing in classical <laughs> guitarists guitarist and, <laughs> and Betty. And raising the price of the Pear Palenta Tart of yeah, $10,000. I, I don't know if you've heard, but the Pear Palenta <laughs> Tart is now $1.2 million, <laughs> a sum that very few lesbians have ever reached in it their personal checking account. It beachfront property. <laughs> yeah. Um, it also comes with a sushi body. <laughs> we are now dabbling in selling luxury goods. We're doing a pop-up. Helena Peabody pop-up. Helena Peabody pop-up. A Peabody pop-up. A pop-up. A pop-body. pop Pop up pod. Pop 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 pop. Then Iris is like, "Uh, lesbians are so much drama. I don't hang out with lesbians, and I don't hang out at the planet because it's dramatic for lesbians." At which point, I would have been like, "Listen, I might not know true love if it hits me in the face, but I'm gonna hit you in the face right now." Okay, kids are already having a shitty night, and came to Ivan for solace, and maybe for a little bit of ad, maybe wanted, maybe wanted to be around someone who was into her. Yeah, because Toe just. Toad out. You know what? I get it. Yeah. That's very human. It's a human and instinct. Very real. And so then this girl is Iris is like. So back when Ivan and I got together many moons ago, five years ago. In fact. And Kit's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what? 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 what is this? And then Iris is like, what? bye. She's like, y'all need to clearly talk. I don't know, something. Iris. Do you think maybe, maybe the reason you think lesbians have too much drama is because you cause it? Jesus, like, what a, that's rude. It is. Iris was very rude in this scene. Yeah. And I was like, it looks like you guys have some stuff to go on. And Kit's like, you were with this girl while you were hitting on me. And I was like, listen, we had never gotten to the point where we talked about monogamy. But if we had, I would have talked about how it doesn't work for me. And Mm -hmm. she was, and Kit's like, and I would have told you to fuck off. 
Again, this show is not very good at non-monogamy and non-monogamous people because yeah. I'll tell you what, there is no world in the worlds that we live in in which Ivan would, who seemed like a pretty good guy yeah, from all accounts, would not have mentioned to Kit maybe the first or second time they hung out that he had a girlfriend, but they were open. Right. I feel like, yeah, this conversation is like, there's like things that are unrealistic in multiple directions right it's unrealistic that he would never have said something mm -hmm. because the or whole none thing of his friends being, would have said anything yeah the whole thing with non-monogamy is communicating <laughs> and being open about being non-monogamous sure is if you're not then that's 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 when it just cheating yeah that's a completely different thing yep and you know kit's also obviously going through it because her sister yeah had a tumultuous and cheating her experience boyfriend and she, is married yeah and i feel like because this show usually doesn't, it usually just acts like non-monogamy doesn't even exist. It well, also it usually asks exist. like, like oh, yeah. gender non-conforming or trans people don't exist. And to have like Ivan's story and to have like one of the first times people talk about non-monogamy to be in this context where mm -hmm. it's really bad, I think is really shitty. Yeah. Um, and I also don't think that, I, I think they added this. Like, I don't think they had this in mind when they, in season one, when they were writing this character. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, I think that generally whenever the idea of non-monogamy is even hinted at on this show, it's done in a negative light. Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, there's a lot of nuance that uh, this would, this, this actually, this episode specifically would have been a great episode to yeah, really, really talk about it because so many of because the characters right now, in it are Tina's dating, it. sort of dating two people yes. right now, you know, and she's refusing to apologize Jenny for it. She, a whole yeah. situation. Yeah. Like if this episode could have been a really interesting look at monogamy non-monogamy different ways relationships and non-relationships mm -hmm. can exist and how it affects people but instead that's not really what we get and also all. i'm saying like we would have talked about how monogamy doesn't work for me like that a conversation about how monogamy doesn't work for him would be a in my mind that's him saying we didn't have a conversation about how like if we start dating i would have explained that i can't be with just you mm -hmm. that's a different a conversation than like by the way i have a girlfriend but i also would like to date you those yeah, are different like, like i have a primary partner and i <laughs> and i truly think that this is just completely lazy storytelling because they're yes. i don't think they had any idea that this is what they were going to do with his character when they wrote him in season one and adding it on here so haphazardly was really stupid i agree um i did although quick, he's still cute i'll tell you what yeah i did a quick google um iris is played by michaela J, who's a writer artist and an intersex advocate oh really intersex, yeah oh that's that's really cool yeah super cool Found a bunch of her work online and it was very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Then we go to Burr's dungeon. Burr's gym. Burr's gym. Where they're like having they're like having a like real a conversation. Really intense. We are, we are, we're laying down on the yeah. floor and having a time. And Jenny's crying and, and Jenny's like, maybe I'm just one of those people who doesn't deserve to be happy, which... I've said about myself before, so it always makes me tear up a little bit. And then she's like, I fucked up, you know, everything. And Burr's like, no, you haven't. You, you You're haven't. living your truth. He's like, I'm yeah. the one who's fucked up. And then he comes out to her. Yeah. And he says that he ruined Rod Sebring's life. He apparently reported. Yeah. He, 20 years ago, he had his publicist out Rod to the tabloids when yeah. he caught him hooking up with the PA, which is that scene that we saw at the beginning of last, last episode. episode. And he said he was too fucking scared to be happy. And so he ruined Rod's life and in effect ruined his at the same time. Yeah. And now he just fucks people and then threatens them to if they tell anyone and he will never be happy. Any 
basically is telling Jenny that she has like the whole world is open to her because she's a person who is not closeted and open and like trying to have all these experiences and it's Mm -hmm. a really beautiful scene and they both are really acting and crying and it's great. Yeah. I really like this. I lot. felt I, I cannot. He's just fits to me. I know. It's so hard to not <laughs> see him as fits. I'm like, Fitz is gay. <laughs> he's so fit. So it's like I was have uh, the feelings I had during because Fitz is someone who like most people kind of most women at least who watch scandal kind of hate. But like or gay women who watch scandal kind of hate. But like he has a lot of. Yeah, I liked it. There are moments where he is problematic. Fave. Yeah, he's a problematic fave of mine, too. There were moments where he was really solid and good. And so I was imposing all of those moments onto this moment. I was like, this is such a great moment for Fitz. Yeah. You know, he's really in what a good man. He's really in his feelings right now. And I and I appreciate a great that. leader for our country. You know, a great leader for our country, you know. And then, um, and then he boops Jenny on the nose. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot. And then there was he's a boop. like, "Listen, you can't write this book. You can't write a book for a closet queen." And I think he's right. Like yeah. Jenny is not compulsive, as Charlotte said, she's a compulsive truth teller. Yeah. And he is like, and maybe Charlotte thought that Jenny would get him to tell his truth, but I think that he's like, no, because also, what would be the point at this point? This right. is probably what John Travolta thinks too. Don't sue me. Um, that like what's the point now he's old what's it you know yeah so then he tells her that she is in fact fired yeah again and that she's gonna write something great soon he can feel it but it's not this and if she ever writes anything about him he will have her killed and they laugh but he is serious yeah which I thought was funny. Yeah, that was funny. I'm like, I, oh, they're friends. I'm like, like, she's like, so do you like know contract killers then? Yeah. Because like you like, saying that implies like you would know a way And like to you do were like it. doing like martial arts when I got yeah. here. So I just like, like have you, a couple questions about like right. your ability to kill someone yourself or right. if you know someone who could. Like since I'm not writing this book anymore, I was wondering if you could give me a kill fee. And by kill fee, I mean, can you kill someone for me? And that someone is my and Gomi. roommate. Gomi Mark. Gomi Mark. Gomi Mark. Mark yeah, that's their shipper name. Go me, Mark. Gork. Gork. Um, Gark. Mark. Momi. Nope. Momi. Momi. A new exhibit at the MoMA. <laughs> then, uh, so then we go to Helena's where she is like, look at all the things money can buy. Oh my God. I have Helena so much money in. I terrible taste. Yeah, I know. <laughs> She's got good taste in outfits, but bad taste in everything else. I know. She yeah. got this like super modern, beautiful beach house. She chose that one over the garish looking thing and then goes and decorates the rooms in this in a very garish way. Yeah. Girl. And she says that someone d- did it for her. Like she clearly yeah. hired a decorator. Right. But she hired the wrong person or yeah. something. Maybe the same one Kate always was putting us in touch with. Then she... Yeah, she's like, this is the room for my daughter and this is the room for my son and I've decorated it with all of their favorite things. And then this is the room. Oh my God. And so Tina's like, wow, your kids are like so lucky. And then she's so like, lucky that you're there's, so one rich. More, there's one more room. Come this way with me, please. She opens the door and leads us into the, the nursery. The nursery that she has made for little for baby Pickle. Tina and Pickle for, <laughs> for whenever they are staying over. Yeah. And Tina is like, whoa, this is amazing, which it's not because it is so hideous. <laughs> it's all this like sage green. I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, maybe she's thinking because it's little baby pickle and pickles are green. Maybe. She's like, they'll blend right in. You want to be able to find your baby, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just be gone. Yeah. And then we could just go back to sex and yeah. get you pregnant again. Yeah. Um, and Tina's like, oh, my God. She's like really overwhelmed. This is amazing. But then her like overwhelmedness quickly turns into like extreme discomfort yeah and she's like why did you this is like all of these things that helena does she gets away with them because she is so hot she is so hot 
but it's just very interesting. Like she's gotten away with this all her life because she's hot. So people are like, well, I guess I'll go along with this. You are really hot and rich. But like, this is all creepy. Like if she was like a a, a greasy old man, people would be like, this is disgusting. If a straight rich man did this, you'd be like, what the fuck? Get out of the house. Yeah. Um, and, and Tina is like definitely uncomfortable with this mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, it's just for when you stay over. I, I only did it because it was something I wanted to do, but like I've always dreamed of creating a little nursery know, for people. Everything Helena does has like, she's doing it for a reason, for yeah. an audience, for something. She needs a hobby. Yeah. Besides she's controlling shell women. Art? Yeah. Shell she art? do shell art? Yeah. Or fashion. She's obviously very good at it. She's good at styling herself and maybe cooking. Yeah. Um, she should go back to the Cordon Bleu or she should go to um, she could go to Italy to the where Tuscany, they train the Olive Garden the Olive Garden chef yeah the, the, Tus- the Institute Tuscana or whatever it is called we had to when you're we here, had to watch family. a lot of films about that at the Olive Garden <laughs> yeah the Institute it was like a thing you could win as a staff member you could get oh, sent there oh my god yeah um, then we juxtapose what's happening here with what's happening at Bet's house. Where Bet is hanging a glass mobile over a baby's cradle <laughs> in a state Are you no insane? for earthquakes. <laughs> Are you insane? Bet, this is a beautiful piece of art. Do not put that near a baby. It can crack and kill your baby. This, but this is a bad idea. <laughs> First of all, it's art, not yes. an actual baby mobile. Right. And it's gorgeous, but you could beautiful. hang it over not the baby's cradle. Not the the baby Maybe not over it. where there's any humans. Yeah, but definitely not a human who is not able, doesn't have the hand-eye coordination to, to escape if, if, the, to if fall. it falls. Um, also, California, earthquakes. Earthquakes. Not not a good choice. My bookshelves are strapped to my wall. Hell yeah, they are. And I would suggest that... Buckle in books. <laughs> buckle in. Buckle up books. This is going to be a not-so-wild ride. And I would say, I know that Bet loves her art, but this is... Art, modern art and children don't really match, no. as we learned last episode with when, the jars. And the celery art, yeah. <laughs> the celery jars. Yeah, don't let children near glass. Yes, correct. Um, but there's a nice juxtaposition I wrote, of... I wrote, Bet's going to kill the baby. That was what I wrote here. <laughs> the scene Hanging is nice... over Mark's bed. How about oh, that? Oh, but I honestly think that the glass is super thin and it really wouldn't do enough damage to like, an adult male. Oh, only to a baby when they have the little I feel like soft the, spot if, on their head. That's yeah, I don't know. I feel like yet. baby is it's like such like soft... like baby skin and there's mm. like baby's really small yeah and so like a tiny bit of very thin glass could right do a lot more damage than to like a, a grown man who's terrible and can move and is not, and doesn't stop talking right um the juxtaposition here is really nice between um bet's like i hope i hope you i hope you like it mm-hmm. and you know she's saying that to the baby and to tina and the, the room she's already decorated is much more understated. It's mm-hmm. much more bet. It matches the decor of the home. Yeah. It is still really nice. She, she's known Tina for many years. They. It is her baby also. Yeah, she's There's not drastically overstepping mm-hmm. any boundaries here. This is all within, fully within the, the realms of things that are fine. <laughs> yeah. Then we go to Alice's. We go to Alice's. Right. Alice is in bed waiting for Dana, who's about to do a fashion show. Yeah, she's like, what kind of fashion show? I mean, Alice wouldn't know what, what's going on, but she I mean, doesn't. Alice is pretending she doesn't know what's going on. But She's she like, what are you clearly. putting on? Is it like a Mew strappy dress or whatever? <laughs> and no, it's not. It sure is not. So Dana opens the door and she walks out. She's like, don't laugh. She's wearing a strap on. And nothing else. Nothing else. I just would like to know where Dana found a strap on that was small enough for her waist because <laughs> it's not easy <laughs> to find a harness for a body that small. I'm just saying. Anyway. <sighs> Email me, Dana. Please huh. talk. 
Um, and Alice is like hot. Who's laughing? And they, uh, I think they're going to do. I think, I think they're going to. I think this, they're. Is this great? I is this crazy? think they're going to have. <laughs> they're going to do it. And that's the episode. That's the episode. Woo. Well, Carly, did you like this episode? Did we like this episode? I did like this episode. I did too. I feel like um, in this episode, I was joking before that everyone is crying in this episode, but really what this episode is doing is it's advancing the plot, but it's also advancing like a lot of like emotional stakes and things that are happening to pretty much everyone in the cast. Yeah. Um, It's like an interesting turning point kind of in the season because we, Jenny knows what Mark's doing. Yeah. Jenny knows what Shane and Carmen are doing. Yeah. Bet and Tina just had sex. Yes. And are like on speaking terms and it, and it seems like Bet is showing some sort of growth as a person in therapy. Um, a lot is, a lot has happened. At least one person has told Mark that this movie is stupid. Yep even though it was a terrible man. And Tina's standing up for herself. Yeah, Tina's showing a lot of growth too. So what could happen next? Anything. Anything could happen next, but you know one thing definitely has to happen next is that Jenny has a whole lot of shit to deal with when she gets home. She sure does. With both of her roommates and her girlfriend. And uh, that's going to be huge. Sure is. That's a big, big moment. Just like little baby pickle. Inside of... Tina's capital T two Tina's. weeks pregnant body. <laughs> Little baby t- pickle's gonna pop out. Nope. At some point, right? At some point, yes. Oh, did you did your opinion of this episode uh, change watching it this time as opposed to when you watched it originally? My guess for how I was feeling about this originally, knowing me, is that I thought this episode was probably really boring and stupid and like Oh really? Like what is going like who cares about any of this? Because I was a very chaotic person and didn't care about Bet and Tina and uh, just wanted Shane and Carmen to get together. So clearly I didn't know. But they had their love confession. That's true. I thought that was great. But nothing happened. Right. I think that I probably, hmm, I probably understood where Burr Connor was coming from a lot more just because the times have changed so, so much since then. Like radically. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think anything would have really changed. I definitely appreciated this episode more now. Good episode. Good episode. Good episode. Good episode. Everyone had a nice time. Yeah. And just so you know, um, that thing that you think is a tiny dildo, it's a butt plug. Yep, it is. So, I mean, you could use it as a tiny dildo, I guess, if you wanted to. Sure. Although butt plugs, yes. well, well, if you want to buy a dildo and you don't want anyone to see you. Buy it online. Buy it online. That's our. That's my advice. That would be my advice. Yeah, you can just go on the internet. If going to a sex store gives you that much anxiety and stress, and or you are a public figure, yeah. um, just buy it online. Buy it online. Ideally through an Autostraddle affiliate account. Yeah, that's and great. speaking of Autostraddle, which is a website, it has a Twitter. Guess who else does this podcast? Whoa, incredible! To Ellen segue. back. To Ellen, <laughs> to Ellen back. You can catch us on Instagram. You can catch us on Twitter. You yes. can also follow me. I'm at Ottoin. You can follow Carly. At Carlytron. You can follow whoever you want. It's any. It's up to you. I mean, not in real life, but like on the internet. Yeah, on the internet. Follow you can follow whoever you want. That's I don't recommend works. following people in Democracy. real life. Democracy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, L words. L words. I'm ready. Okay. One, two, three. Lufa. Lysol. <laughs> Lufa because of the shower scene. I said Lysol and I don't know why. 
Cool. Did, is there like a Lysol? That's probably what Helena sprayed all over herself after having to leave Tina's poor apartment. <laughs> She's like a poor person lives yeah. here. A poor person lives here. <laughs> what a oh, pedestrian. All of her twist. A pedestrian little apartment. cottage. <laughs> oh my God. What I've is the bungalow? Create a whole room from every baby I've ever What is the studio? Touched through a, a, a one belly. Oh, one one. Bag. Just one bedroom? Oh my God. I can't. I, I have to get a minimum of my seven. skin catches on fire. <laughs> all right, guy. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we are.